Well, good morning, church. Wasn't that a beautiful reading from Isaiah this morning? The wolf and the lamb shall eat together, not each other, but together in the new heavens and the new earth, and the former things shall be no more. I love that, and I look forward to that day. But we're not there yet. One of my seminary professors, she died this week. Uh, she, had, she fought cancer for uh, just a little over a year. She's gone to be with the Lord. And, it, and is today, I believe, enjoying the Lord's presence with all the saints, which is wonderful for her, but sad for the rest of us whose lives she touched. I got the news while I was in Disney with my family. Ashley and I love uh, taking our kids there. It's such a magical place. And for those of you who can't imagine going to Disney and actually enjoying it, let me just tell you, uh, it's just it's wonderful. It really is. It's wonderful when, if you go when the crowds are low. That's the thing. People make the mistake and they go right in the middle of the summer and, and you can't walk because of all the people. But when we go right in the kind of the middle of December, there's almost nobody there. It's just us. And so we just walk into the, uh, into the rides and our kids are happy and there's no, um, aren't they? Their kids are happy? Yeah, they're happy. <laughs> it's a magical place to be. Uh, the kids have so much fun. And the people that work at Disney, they're amazing. Uh, they really want you to have the best time. We experienced a little of the Disney magic last year, uh, last time we went, because Meg, she lost some of her, um, her Mickey Mouse ears that she had bought. She found them, when they were on sale at Goodwill, and she bought them and she, with her own money, and she took them to Disney, and she wanted to wear them while she was at Disney. And so she did, and she wore them for a few days, but then after riding one of the rides, she realized, oh no, I left my my Mickey Mouse ears on the ride, and so she went back, and we went back to go try to find them, but we couldn't find them. And that's when the Disney magic happened, okay? It's called immediate guest recovery at Disney. That's what they call it. The Disney worker saw that our child was upset. She was kind of, she was in tears because she lost her headband, and uh, the Disney worker immediately came up to us and found out what was wrong, asked her what happened, and then he went and he found that he got this special receipt book and wrote in it and told Meg, knelt down and told Meg, listen, you go over to this, this store over there and take this receipt to them and pick out whatever set of ears you want. And you can have them. And they'll give you a new headband for you. And so with tears in her eyes, and kind of tears in our eyes too, because it was like, this is wonderful. I mean, Disney charges you $90 for these things, it seems like. I mean, like $150 for a Coke. And yet they'll give you a free one if you've lost it. And, uh, and the new one that she got was even better than the one that she lost. It was really wonderful. Immediate guest recovery. Her sad moment had become a magical one. And two parents loved Disney even more than we already did. I tell you that because I wish all of life was like that. I wish there was an immediate guest recovery for life. That someone would come and would just make everything better when everything, whenever anything bad would happen. And yet, even though I was at Disney... Last week, my seminary professor still died of cancer, and Disney couldn't fix it. No immediate guest recovery, no immediate resurrection from the dead. When Jesus arrived on the scene 2,000 years ago, people were going about their lives just like we do today. They were uh, living and they were dying. They were doing business and playing games and raising kids and burying the dead, doing the mundane and everyday, ordinary things of life, celebrating the joys, mourning the sorrows. And in the midst of, this, of it all, they had this feeling that all was not right with the world. That, it, that life was not as it should be. And their scriptures even told them that, that that was the case. How their first parents had turned away from God. They had been tricked. And so they stopped trusting in their heavenly father. 
They stopped trusting that he was good. And it brought sickness and death into the world. As they moved away from God, as they moved away from the source of life, what happened was death came. Death entered the world. But many of them, many of God's people had a hope that one day God would do what he promised he would do in Isaiah. That he would make a new heavens and a new earth. That he would come and he would wipe away the tears from all faces. That the old way, to, way of things, the old way of sin and death would be no more. And they were hoping that it would be an immediate thing when he did it. That God would come and set everything right and it would just be right. They wanted immediate world recovery. But God had a different plan. One that would take longer to accomplish, but one that would be deeper and truer and more eternal because of it. And here's what I mean. Have you ever been part of something? Uh, I mean, part of just making something happen. Like, it's, it's magical to wake up as a child on Christmas morning and to walk into the living room and to see the tree and, and, and all the presents under the tree and to unwrap everything, to feel the wonder of a world filled with joy. It's magical to be a kid in that place. But as magical as that is, as it might be to, to be a child experiencing that, if you've ever been on the other side, the side that helps make that magical moment happen, to be a parent and to transform that living room into a wonderland of joy, and then to watch as the children are just blown away by it, it's even better than being the child that you were before. Because you know that, that something you did, something you helped to do make, to make it all happen, help to bring all that joy. That's why it's better. To me, almost nothing is better than that. To be part of something wonderful and, and to know that I played a part in it. The thing is, God's plan is like that. It's the difference between being children experiencing the joy of a magical Christmas morning and being a parent helping to make the joy of that morning a reality. As much as being a kid on Christmas morning is a thrill, even more, being an adult who made it all happen, I think is even better. And that is actually the invitation of God to each of us. He wants us to both be the children, but also to help make it happen, to take part in bringing the joy. He doesn't just want to make everything new. He wants us to be part of it too. When, when John the Baptist was baptizing in the wilderness, he was preparing the people to receive the Messiah of God. And then one day he pointed to Jesus and he said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Look, there he is, the Lamb of God, the one who has come to redeem us all. He's here. He's come. There he is. Behold him. Beyond the wildest dreams of God's people, God himself had come. And not only had God come, but he had come as one of us to take away our sin, to reconcile us to himself, to God the Father, and then to give us a chance to be part of his plan to make all things new. And it all starts when we do what John the Baptist told us to do, which is to behold the Lamb of God. It all starts by beholding Jesus, to look for Jesus in this world, to find him in, as he works his wonders, and to join him in making all things new. That's how we take part in what God is doing, by looking for Jesus and by finding him all around us, working his wonders in this world. A friend of mine works at Disney, and, uh, and he was telling about this, about this time when he was walking through Animal Kingdom. He's an executive there, but he likes to take walks through the park just to kind of see how everything's going. And so he was walking through the Animal Kingdom one day, and he came upon this family. 
And it was this, it was this mom and dad and two little boys, uh, maybe two and four years old, these little boys were. And even all the stuff around them in the park, uh, even with the roller coasters and the, and the shows and, and the rides and the games, uh, they had stopped. These two little boys had been overcome with wonder by, the, by this, this little family of ducks, that just real ducks, not animatronic ducks, not Disney ducks, just real ducks that were just walking there. It was this mama duck and some chicks, and they were walking, and they were just, they were loving it. Now, they were unimpressed with everything else in Disney, but the, the ducks had gotten them. Um, and so anyway, because, here's the problem though, because this world is not as it should be, because it's broken in a fundamental way, that little magical moment for that family was destroyed uh, uh, as those two little boys were watching those chicks because a hawk came down and swooped down and grabbed one of those chicks and flew away with it and scattered the, the, all, the rest of the duck family. And the boys were shocked. And then my friend said that the dad turned around to him with this, with this indignant look in his eyes, like, how could you let this happen? I thought this was supposed to be the most happy place on the planet. And yet, you let this duck get eaten by this hawk. And my friend's like, I, you know, I, mean, I can't help it. It's not like we have control over the real world. This is just the magical, magic kingdom. But the boys burst into tears when that happened. Uh, and so, how could you let this happen? That was, that was the dad's response. But then my friend said this. He says that it's in those moments that he remembers and that he likes to remember to ask himself, where is Jesus in this? In Advent, we're supposed to be looking for Jesus. Like John the Baptist says, behold the Lamb of God. And so my friend likes to ask, where is Jesus in this? Where is Jesus in this? And it's a great way to go through life, asking that question in every aspect of our lives. When life is wonderful, when we live at the beach, where is Jesus in this? When life is hard, when a hawk has swooped in and made a mess of your magical moment, where is Jesus in this. When your dad dies or your friend has cancer, when your kids graduate and move away, where's Jesus in this? What if we woke up every day saying, Jesus, I'm going to be looking for you today. I'm going to be seeking you out. I'm going to be trying to find you in the moments of my life. What if we were always looking for Jesus, always expecting to see him, expecting to find him? And what if we joined him wherever we found him, being Jesus to the people around us? What if Advent reminded us to look for Jesus and then to join him in making this world new? What if instead of running like crazy, making plans and making sure we had all the presents ready, rushing around, uh, being stressed, what if instead we were looking for Jesus, asking, where's Jesus in this moment? And what if we help others to see him too? like John the Baptist, pointing others to behold the Lamb of God. The thing is, there's no immediate guest recovery in this world. I wish there were, but there's something much better because we get to take part in making it all happen. We get to take part to play an active role in the restoration of all things. And it starts by looking for Jesus, by asking, where is Jesus in this? So, May we be an Advent people. May we be a people who are always watching and waiting for Jesus, asking, where is Jesus? Where is Jesus in this? And then, by jumping in, whenever we see him, wherever we see him, to join him 
in making all things new. What a wonderful thing that would be. What a wonder and a joy that we get to be part of it all. To the glory of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.